Cool, do um, get your Bibles and notebooks out as per the text message. Of course, there's no obligation to have a Bible and notebook on you, but um, it will just really help. Just help you to take a few little notes or thoughts or something. Rob DeLuca came just over a month ago, and on the Sunday morning, he got uh, Nick and myself up, and obviously, there are some prophecies, there are some words from God spoken to people, that's what a prophecy is, that are specific to Nick and myself, but the vast majority, like, splurge over onto you. Um, so take this one a splurging over onto you. I see a bridge, and I see below the bridge a river, and I see a gorge. It looks like it's, in fact, if we can have the picture up, that'd be amazing. It looks like it's about 100 feet out. I see this bridge that's wooden, and it has the ropes. You know how you would walk across a bridge when you're hiking through the mountains. I see the bridge wobbling, and I see there are many walking on it. You guys are on it, points at CNN, and it's wobbling. Somebody begins to move and it wobbles a little bit more and everyone gets scared, but the bridge is tied and there's planks and there's ropes interwoven and there's cables. It's a strong bridge. And I see that you guys are starting to walk out on this bridge and people are starting to follow. But as there are more people on the bridge, it begins to wobble a little bit more. So I see you walking and you're getting out to the middle and there's more people that are following. And as soon as you get out to the middle, it starts to go, whoa, and sways from side to side. What are we going to do? I hear you say in the spirit. And the Lord says, keep going. Keep going. Keep going down that narrow, wobbly bridge that I have chosen for you to go down. Keep going because you're going to get to the other side. You are about to cross over. I see that everyone sees that it's okay. I see that you're walking and the river, in fact, I see the river is getting stronger and it's starting to rise. The river is rising. The river is rising and it's God who's causing the river to rise. It's God that is causing the flow to come stronger You've asked for it, and he's bringing it. As you start to get to the other side, everyone looks and says, Oh, it's okay. Let's all go. And I see them marching like troops across the bridge. I see them coming to the other side, and everyone's excited. Everyone's hugging and cheering and praising God. And then you look, and there's a vast plain. And you say plain like area, not a plain. Um, And you, I assume that's what you meant. There's a vast plain. And you say to yourself, what should we do? And the Lord says, I have given you land. I have given you the land. Seek me and then seek me for the land and I will reveal it to you. There is a building coming. It's not this building. You are moving. You are moving. And then there's more. Apologies if you haven't been around. I, I, um, I'm a fairly natural explainer, but we, I really haven't got time to set all the context today of what is going on here. But needless to say, God is on the move. The um, notes for the talk remain, remain on a scrap of paper. Um, we'll see it like a smorgasbord of interesting things, some of which we'll cover and some we won't. But the point is this, God has given us 
a new name, a new identity, and a new culture. We are not Numa Church, or we are not Asher Vineyard in Numa Church clothes. God says, I am, I am making you new. So the transition from what we were into Numa Church has taken but three months back earlier in the year. The becoming of Numa Church, we think, is two years. And God is on our case. Things are definitely changing around here, and we love it. There are four things. Um, I'm just going to fire loads of these things at you, which is why I said bring a notebook. Four things that I believe God said were the reasons Rob came. Number one, fear of man has got to go. Fear of man has got to go. Number two, there are too many people going to hell. Number three, the demonic realm is real and needs tackling. And number four, prayer produces power. If you tweet nothing else this morning, prayer produces power. Prayer, all of them. Fear of man has to go. There are too many people going to hell. The demonic realm is real and needs tackling. And number four, prayer produces power. Nick and I, being very um, vulnerable and honest with you, feel utterly ill-equipped. And it isn't our job to be ill-equipped. It's our job to stand up here and look confident. But in the last 12 years of leading this church, and what is the date? We are 12 years old today, literally today. It was the 4th of September, 2010. So in this last 12 years, 12 is really interesting because 12 speaks of like a completeness in the sense of government. And that's when 12 is used. There are 12 tribes, there are 12 disciples. And it's like um, 12 represents almost like the laying, of a, the laying of a foundation for the next thing. Really interesting, right? I think it is. Um, You'll catch it in a minute. Don't worry. Write it down. It will catch up with you later in the week. And that's what God has been doing. He has been laying a foundation. And the thing is, Nick and I kind of knew what we were doing. And so we've done our best for 12 years. And people have come and been a part of it. And you've done your best. And we've all done our best. And God says, that's really... It's really impressive. I love what you've done, and I've been able to do some stuff through you, but do you want to see what I can do? God says, I've seen what you can do, and it's, I'm really, honestly, uh, it's good, but um, mm, do you want to see what I can do? And so um, I had a dream earlier in the week. Normally they're random. Um, but anyway, this one, I was with... Um, It was really, I didn't actually remember all the dream until I told someone else. And I I then remembered what this person said to me in the dream. So I was at a park bench, Nick and I were, and we were sat across from a very prominent worldwide church leader. And I remember feeling absolutely honoured that I had a few moments to be able to sit with this person. And... um, and obviously, we, we had just got, I don't know, 20 minutes, half an hour. We, we'd managed to negotiate some time, and we were sat in this park. And I, um, I remember nothing else of the dream other than this person leant forward 
and said, what do you actually want? That was it. I can't think what it might mean. Um, You know, I'm not a great dream interpreter, but this person is considered quite a father within the church. And so I would guess he's representing the father who says, Chris, what do you actually want? That's a great question. It's a great question. I don't know what you would answer if you were asked that. What do you actually want? Uh, So I sat on it for about three days, and then um, I wrote this down. And again, I'm sorry, uh, because this affects you all, unless you're visiting. And even if you're visiting, God might be calling you here. God has promised that people will come from other nations to be a part of what God is doing in Asheville. So even if you are visiting, it might not be by accident, just to, just to let you know. So what do I actually want? So I got up early, as is, my, um, as is my way. I get up when all the fives are on the clock, if I can, and I go and hang out with God in, the, um, in our kind of office in our garden. And I wrote this. I want to be part of a move of God, the likes of which the earth has never seen. I want to lead people into participating and being swept up in the river that flows down the streets, through schools, universities, hospitals, shopping centres of this land. I want to raise up other leaders who will take on the baton and lead their tens, fifties, hundreds and thousands. I long to have a relationship with God that becomes all-consuming, to have a thirst for God's word which is ravenous and a longing for the spirit which is unquenchable. I long to look over my shoulder and see the destruction of the enemy's strongholds, but the growth and new life of God. I want Numa Church to be a place that is hallmarked by life, hope, and miracles, where people come to find all three and leave equipped to bring all three. I long for a church that raises up disciples of Jesus, people who are hungry to become like him and desperate to see God's kingdom, his plan A, come to pass in their life and that of others. I see Numa Church becoming a worship hub that is not simply reproducing what's heard elsewhere, but has subtly different harmonics and overtones that draw people to the Father and ignites them in the Spirit. As we worship, God inhabits these spaces and we see and hear chains falling off, demons fleeing and life released. It's a good morning. Uh, I long to see youth snatched from the claws of addiction to a shallow, destructive culture and brought into a place of purpose and life. I see thousands living out a life of devotion and purity to Jesus while bringing transformation with friends and being like drops of washing up liquid in a culture of fatty, oily gunk and filth. Culture says we can have a bit of Jesus on the side, but he's in the middle or he's nowhere. He didn't leave a bit of him as an option. I see cities transformed because God resides among people there. A city where hopelessness has no place, where depression lifts and the clouds part, where the whispers in people's ears that are lies of the devil become replaced with affectionate whispers of truth from the Holy Spirit. I want to be part of a place that reveals and restores people's true identities according to their designer and maker. I want to see kids being allowed to be kids, running and playing and enjoying God with abandon, while learning and living out a life of holiness, a set-apartness. 
to be raising up future mouthpieces for the kingdom of God, the next influencers and politicians, leaders, artists, committed to bringing life, hope, miracles, prophetic voices to the nations, the clarion call of God's love and call to radically follow him. I long to lead a church whose hunger for the things of God outshines my own, whose longing and appetite for the things of God releases me to be the best I too can be where people aren't late or aren't too busy, but they're queuing round the block waiting for the doors to open, where people are selling possessions to have something to give, a place where humility and surrender are normal, a place where apathy is eaten for breakfast and lukewarm gets vaporised. I want to play my part in seeing tens of thousands of people being swept into the kingdom of God, saying yes to Jesus and being saved from hell. Numa Church remains relentlessly outward-focused, generous, and a pillar to the next great move of God. I want to be a great husband and an inspirational dad, loving well, being kind, sensitive, strong, courageous. I want to leave a legacy of change for the kingdom. I want to have written on my gravestone, here lies Chris Kimmons' shell. He knew God here and will know him forever. And to hear the words of the Father, welcome home, so proud of you. That's what I want. And if you're here, then welcome aboard. Because one of the privileges we have is I say to God, I'm not, I'm not the best equipped. And he says, I need three things from you. I said it to him this week. I kept saying, God, I, just, I don't know how to lead in this season. I don't know what to do. You've stripped me away from being able to do all the things I'm good at. And God says this, I just need three things from you, Chris. He said, I need your yes, I need your devotion, and I need your courage. That's it. And if you haven't written those three down, you're making a mistake. Because he's asking the same of you. He wants your yes, he wants your devotion, and he wants your courage. And that is how we are going to move forward from this place. So we haven't got massively long, and that was the intro. So if, you t- if you've got your Bible, which I know you will have, turn to Ezekiel 47. If you don't own a Bible, we'd love to give you a Bible. Um, it's an amazing book. Um, Ezekiel, it's old school. If you can't find it, go to Psalms and keep flicking forward. Um, it's quite a big book. If not, look in the contents or find the search, <laughs> find the search box and type E-Z-E. You'll be good. This was a vision Ezekiel had. He said, The man brought me back to the entrance of the temple, and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple towards the east, for the temple faced east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gate facing east. The water was trickling from the south side. Don't worry about southeast, da 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 da. It's, it's irrelevant for a minute. The point is, there's water flowing from the temple which in the Old Testament is symbolic of God's presence. If you, if you know your Bible, um, Jesus says about people who believe, because we are now the temple, we don't need a physical temple, streams of living water will flow, right? But this is Old Testament, so it's still a physical building, water flows from under the building. As the man, this is a vision, as the man went eastward with the measuring line in his hand, 
He measured off a 1,000 cubits. Don't worry about how big a cubit is. No one can agree anyway. And then then led me through water that was ankle deep. He measured off another 1,000 cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. He measured off another 1,000 and led me through water that was up to the waist. He measured off another 1,000, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in. A river that no one could cross. And he asked me, Son of man, do you see this? Then he led me back to the bank of the river. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. He said to me, this water flows towards the eastern region and goes lots of places. Um, And he says it enters the Dead Sea. When it empties into the sea, the salty water there becomes fresh. This, this is me pausing, this is all about the Holy Spirit. This is what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit makes dead things alive. Which is good news for some of you, I think, right now. But um, anyway, take that. Um, That might have just been the Lord. But anyway, um, the salty water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. Living creatures, people will live wherever the river flows. They won't live heartbeat. They will live where the river flows. Swarms of living creatures will live where the river flows. There'll be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So wherever the river flows, everything will live. People will fish along the shore from lots of places to lots of places. But the swamps and marshes will not become fresh, don't worry about that. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fall. Every month they will bear fruit because the water from the sanctuary, I'm going to say the Holy Spirit, flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. Now, if you turn very quickly to Psalm 1, go back a few, um, like a chunk. If you can never find Psalms, get rid of the maps at the Old Testament and then halve the book. And it's about in the middle. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, don't know what that was, but it's just going on the floor. So Psalm 1 says this. Blessed are those who do, do not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but who delight in the law of the Lord and meditate on his law day and night. They are like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season. And here it is again, whose leaf does not wither and whatever they do prosper. What all I have to do is just hang out with the Holy Spirit. That's right. And try and avoid mockers and don't hang out with too many wicked people, etc. Unless, of course, you're hanging out with wicked people because you're making salt water fresh. And only you will know whether that's what you're doing. And then if you go right to the back of the book, if you reach a map, you've gone too far. Come back in. Revelation 22. One second. Revelation 22 says this. I'm not quicker than you at finding these places in the Bible because I'm awesome. It's because I put bookmarks in before I started. (laughs) Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. 
and it ran down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops, completeness again, of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not even need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. So this is, this is the river. And to put it bluntly, if we are going to see the things here that we dream of seeing, we've got to let the Holy Spirit out to play. We cannot do it in our own strength. We cannot do it in our own strength. I can go and put my arm around someone who's struggling with an addiction. And that's a really kind thing to do. But the kindest thing to do is let the Holy Spirit out to play and break that addiction for them. And invite them into a relationship where they know God, encounter God, experience God, and their life is transformed. One, I can do in my strength, and it's safer, and it's easier, and it's more straightforward. I can just put my arm around them. Ah, oh, mate, I'm sorry. Anyway, I hope you have a good week. Um, I'm off. Are you joking? I've got the King of Kings living on the inside of me. The Holy Spirit is not saying, I'm out. Can't. I don't do addictions. One, I can do. The other one, I have to jump in the river. I have to jump in the river. And I have to jump in the river with all my... I mean, as it happens, I went in a lazy river on holiday and um, I nearly didn't even make it into the ring because you have to turn around and fall backwards. Well, that was fun because the ring keeps moving. So you don't have long. There's a point there for someone as well. I finished reading Good Morning Holy Spirit by Benny Hinn. If you've never read it, buy it, read it. Good Morning Holy Spirit by Benny Hinn. If you've ever seen Benny Hinn on telly with his swished hair and white suit and you're offended by it, get over it, buy the book, read the book. He knows the Holy Spirit better than most people alive on this planet Earth. I'm now on the book... Holy Spirit, the one who makes Jesus real, by Michael Koulianos. If you've never read it, get the book, read it. So it's the Holy Spirit, the one who makes Jesus real, by Michael Koulianos. Spell it how you will. I think it's K-O-U-L-I-A-N-O-S. Koulianos. You see what God's doing? If this is what I want to go after, if this, is, if this is how we are going to move forward as a church, this is where I need to be investing my time. And I'm not a fast reader, as in I can, I'm, I'm a good reader, but like I do a chapter and then like, like I could just read on, but I, know I need a day to like, what? I need a day to process, to take that time. So I really encourage you, get those books you can download them on Kindle. I would lend them to you, but they're on my Kindle, so you can't. Yeah, I know. It feels like that. 
we've said to God, we don't want to, we don't want to react. <clears throat> and this is meant to be the talk we do now, this one now, is meant to be what are we doing for the year? If I honestly told you what we're doing for the year, it'd be the shortest talk ever because I'd say, I don't really know. And that's it, we're finished, you know, because we haven't really got like mega plans. We've got mega longings. And God says, oh, no, 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 you need to hang out with me. I'll only reveal the secrets of my heart when I know I've got your devotion. But one of the things we know to do is God has said, you're never going to see Ashford transformed until you're convinced that prayer works. And so we feel that God is inviting us into a space and place where we can become convinced that prayer works. You know when you're convinced that prayer works. You will know for yourself. This is the acid test. Every situation you face, your first response is prayer. If it's not, and you try and tackle it first, like I do a lot of the time, then you're not convinced of how effective prayer is. Because what do you think you can do that the Holy Spirit can't? It's uncomfortable. I feel more in control when I'm handling it. I don't feel as in control when I leave it to the Holy Spirit because he might not do it how I want him to. And frankly, I've been disappointed too many times where I've prayed for things and I haven't seen answers. So it's better if I... I'll deal with this one. It's okay, you stand down, you're busy. I'll deal with this one. God says, okay, Chris. Our ability to overcome previous disappointments is going to be directly related to our ability to see breakthrough. You need to get your pen poised. I'm going to say it again. Your ability to overcome disappointment is going to be directly related to your ability to see breakthrough. If you let past disappointments become like a mountain in your life, you are not going to see the breakthrough that you dream of. You have to find a way of living with the mystery of a disappointment and saying, I know I didn't see this, but it doesn't stop God being good. It doesn't change anything about who God is. That's okay. I'll say it one more time. Here we go. Your ability to, if I could say it exactly the same, I'll do my best. Your ability to overcome disappointment is directly related to your ability to get breakthrough or what your breakthrough looks like. If you are going to reach a mountain of disappointment where you say, I prayed for X and they died. I prayed for money and it didn't come. I prayed for a wife or a husband for a baby. It didn't happen. And you choose to make that mountain a mountain of unbelief and you sit there in disappointment because you're scared, which I understand, you're scared. And do you know why you're scared? Because you don't want to be disappointed again. So you say, I'd rather stay on this side of the line and I'll just keep God like there. Just there. He's not too far away. But trouble is you're not going anywhere. Because at some point, you, it doesn't matter whether you go over the mountain, round the mountain. Um, it doesn't matter what you do. At some point, you've just got to say, do you know what? I don't know. But I do know he is good. 
He never falters. He loves me. I'm his favorite. He wants the best for me. All those things. Sometimes, as we say here, there are just realities and entities that surround a problem that we just haven't yet learned how to dismantle. We have to learn to embrace mystery. Um, Oh, God, we're already late. So anyway, there's a couple of things that we are doing. So we're starting this prayer Wednesday. Do you know what? I'm honestly frightened. Do you know why? Because I'm going to look a right muppet if this doesn't work. So my courage, I've said my yes. I'm trying to give God more and more of my devotion. And my courage is to nail my colours to the mast and say, I'm going to go and pray. And I believe that God will do everything he's promised to do. 24 people say yes to Jesus in 12 weeks. In 12 years of us being here, we've never seen it. And I'm all ready to lead you through any disappointment if it's only 11 or if it's only six. Because God says, I'm waiting for you to finish your 12 weeks. Three weeks later, you're going to see 30 people say yes to Jesus. Because I'm not trying to pin him down, but God's invited us into a space to say, test me in this. Watch what I can do when you just jump in the rubber ring and let me, just let my Holy Spirit. So we want you to come. This is, this is what I'm finishing with, these two things. We want you to come on Wednesdays. And I'm going to be really blunt with you. Um, and please don't take offence. Or if you do, sort your heart out before you come and talk to me. You might need to move some things around in your life and come. If you want to see God move, you're going to have to change some things in your life. Because if you keep doing what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. So if you want to get different things in your life, you're going to have to change from what you've been doing. And you, you probably need to get there. Let's go on this adventure together and find out. That's one thing. Second thing is this. We are looking for champions. And this is how it's going to work. 24 people in the next 12 weeks, starting today, 24 people are going to say yes to Jesus. I'm confident of that. Those 24 people are all going to need a champion who will walk them through at least the first six months of what it means to have just said yes to Jesus. We're sticking with that language, yes to Jesus. We're not saying people become Christians. Christianity is a religion. I hate religion. I'm not interested in people joining a religion. They've said their yes to Jesus. They've given their life to him, any of that stuff. Becoming Christians, it's such layered language, it's so tricky. So 24 people, and what we would love is we would love 24 people here at least. You don't have to volunteer right now. You can volunteer right now. Um, We're just checking whether the clipboards have made it. We want 24 people at least, and ultimately it'll be all of you, so you can get in early if you want. We want 24 people to say, I will meet with someone for an hour a week for six months, when they've just said their yes to Jesus. And we give you some little cards that you can work through if you want. And what we're going to do is someone says their yes to Jesus, they come here on the Sunday, and we're going to know that Josh is available to be a champion and Mike is available. So the person's just said their yes to Jesus, we're going to bring Josh and Mike up and say, which one do you want? They'll go, I'll take Mike. No offence, I mean, you know, don't know why. Oh, or I'll take Josh. Either way, and we say, great. In that case, Mike will walk you through the next six months of what it means to have just said yes to Jesus. 
Babies need a lot of care. Newborns need a lot of care. And we want to help people walk through that. And it's not prescriptive. I don't care what you do with them. It doesn't matter. The point is you meet with them. You answer questions. You pray for them. You model what it looks like. So at some point in the next year, all of you are going to have the privilege of doing that. But out of interest, you don't get your name anywhere special for being the first 24. You know, <laughs> We write your name on the pillars or something. Oh, gosh, I'm badly overrunning. I'm really trying. Um, but... Uh, out of interest, have we got 24 hands of people in here who say, yeah, I'll do that. I'll absolutely do that. Come on. Easily. Easily 24. Chris, where are the clipboards? At the back. Great. On your way out, please sign up. We'll give you some cards. It is honestly that simple. So as people say yes, um, we were hearing the story of a guy um, recently who had exactly this when he first said yes, and this was during the Jesus movement, and he said yes, and then the guy who was leading the group brought in two people over and he said to the guy who'd just given his yes to Jesus, he said, you need a dad. Which one of these do you want? And he said, oh, I picked the better looking one. That's what he says in the story. That simple. That's all it is. So we would love you to come and be part of the prayer on a Wednesday and everyone over the next year at some point We would love you to have the privilege of walking with people who are newborn. They're literally born again. The old has gone, the new has come. For I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So let's stand. We've overrun, but we'll stand and pray. Well, God, this next year is going to be like a lazy river combined with a roller coaster. And um, God, we turn around where we can't even see and we just drop back into the rubber ring and say, so be it, God, do your thing. Holy Spirit, flow. Come and do your thing. Holy Spirit, cleanse us of religion. Make us a people who are holy, who are set apart. Where we don't, like go with culture and try and have you on the side, Jesus, but we're like, we work almost counterculturally at times. May the fragrance of Jesus fill this place, fill our cars, fill our homes, fill our workplaces. God, as we walk through the park, may people in, be able to smell, what's that smell? That person just walked past. That's, that's no aftershave or perfume I've ever smelt before. No, it's the fragrance of Jesus. Who through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him, the Bible says. God, we're in for the ride. Please, please don't be safe with us. You are good. We trust you. We love you. Amen. Thank you for listening to Numa Sunday's podcast. For more information, go to numachurch.uk where you can find more ways to connect with us. Have a great week and remember you're loved.